Thank you for listening to the Voices of UMass Chan, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of UMass Chan Medical School. Welcome to a new episode of the Voices of UMass Chan. I'm Jennifer Berryman, Vice Chancellor for Communications here at the Medical School. Today, we're talking about childhood asthma and specifically about inequities in the care that children with asthma receive, especially children from communities of color. Dr. Michelle Trevetti is our guest. And Dr. Trevetti, this is so important for families to know. So thanks for sharing your time with us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So you are an associate professor of pediatrics, a pediatric pulmonologist. You lead a lot of clinical research into asthma. So let's begin with a little bit of context, because I was surprised that nationwide, 8% of children have asthma, but in Worcester, that number is much higher. What is the number and why is it so much higher here? Yeah, that's a great place to start. So in general, pediatric asthma is among, if not now, the most common chronic childhood disease. And like you said, about one in seven children across the nation have asthma. And in urban areas, and specifically in our community in Worcester and in Springfield, Massachusetts, we have some of the highest rates of asthma across the nation. And so we're seeing upwards of, you know, 15, 18% of children in our general community in Worcester County experiencing asthma symptoms or suffering from from the disease. Any ideas as to why? I mean, I think it's fairly logical why urban settings with more pollution or, you know, poorer conditions might have some of those problems, but why do you think it's worse around around here? That's a really good question and I think I would start by saying that more diverse communities, generally speaking, have uh, higher rates of asthma. And we see that, fortunately, we live in one of the most diverse and work in one of the most diverse cities uh, here in Worcester. And that is likely to contribute to some of the higher rates. We know that asthma rates and morbidity disproportionately impact low-income communities and communities from uh, racial and ethnic minority backgrounds. And Worcester happens to be one of the areas in our state and across our nation that is actually very diverse and is predominantly, especially in the childhood populations, experiencing low income and has high numbers of children from racial and minority communities. And so I think that's part of the picture. The other components, which get very complex, are related probably to some of the environmental issues that you're alluding to. So whether that be housing condition, we know that the housing and infrastructure in New England and then in Worcester itself, um, in some of the public housing, again, affiliated with low-income communities, is particularly poor and can exacerbate asthma symptoms. Whether or not that contributes to the actual prevalence of asthma or whether it's more contributing to the severity of symptoms, I think it gets a little bit complex. But I do think that you know, this is a very complex issue, but that starts to get the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that um, is why it's so important that your research is focused on programs that provide 
healthcare and access to care for children of color from underrepresented or marginalized communities. So you've been involved in school-based asthma programs for nearly a decade. Can you talk about that and what sort of supports are in place for school-age children? Yeah, this is the area that I'm really passionate about that, you know, we have a lot of super smart and really prolific researchers across the nation doing tons of work in asthma. And one of the things that I find really challenging with asthma research is that unfortunately, a lot of the research isn't kind of reaching the communities that suffer the most from asthma symptoms. However, school-based programs are the exception to that. So across the country, we see that school-based asthma programs and research is actually very specifically reaching low-income communities, um, racial, ethnic minority children. And recruiting large numbers of children from these backgrounds into their trials and examining whether these strategies work for the communities um, that suffer the most. And so I think that is what kind of drew me into wanting to do more work in this area is the ability to to make an impact on the communities that are suffering the most. And I, I think that is because the schools are really a great access point. Pretty much all children go to school. And so that is an area where we can sort of focus our energy and bring interventions so that we're able to reach more and more children. So at the beginning of the pandemic, about three years ago, you led a pilot project that was called Asthma Link. I want you to tell us about that. I think you involved parents with children trying to help their kids. Yeah. So so Asthma Link is um, a program of school-supervised asthma therapy. And so this has actually been going on for a very long time, more than a decade now. And the program has evolved, um, as, as you're kind of alluding to. So during in-person school conditions before COVID, what we would do is we would set children up who are struggling with their asthma symptoms and having a difficult time taking their daily preventive medication to receive that medicine at school. And so that's an inhaler that they would receive with their school nurse. And that program is based on a nicely robust body of evidence. There were a few clinical trials done in different areas of the nation where they would administer this prevention inhaler to to children at school. They would not use sort of existing staff. They would use research staff. So this was kind of like a research setting. It's not quite a lab, but they did it in a very controlled way, meaning research staff enrolled the children. They supervised the kids getting their medicine in school, and they would sort of follow up these kids, and it worked. And not surprisingly, once kids got their medicine every day in school, they had improved symptoms, and overall, they got better. But the gap has been, how do we take this intervention, school-supervised asthma therapy, and translate it into real-world practice, the messy real world of the doctor's office and, and the school health staff, and this maybe there's places where there is not school health staff. That's what AsthmaLink does. AsthmaLink takes this practice that has been proven in a controlled research setting, brings it into the real world. And we started it here in our pediatric pulmonary clinic, but the goal moving forward has been, how do we take this intervention and bring it out to more communities so we can make more of a public health impact? So how do you do that? Yeah, so the reason we call it AsthmaLink is because it's a connection between or a linkage between the three main players that contribute to asthma care for a child. And so that would be the child's family, their caregivers, the child's uh, pediatric provider, their medical professional that they go to see on a regular basis, and then their school health staff. So that's usually their school nurse 
And so we think of it as a triangle. And so each of these points of the triangle are these people surrounding the child in the center. And historically, these different points of the triangle have worked independently, kind of in a silo. But asthma link brings them together in such a way that the family goes to the doctor and they report to the physician, yeah, we're having a hard time with our asthma. She's getting a lot of asthma attacks or he's getting a lot of asthma attacks. The pediatric provider identifies that patient as someone who's struggling, figures out that maybe they're challenged with getting their medication every day, which is the really like 80% of morbidity is because kids aren't taking their medicine every day. And then they link them to their school nurse. They send orders to their school nurse for their child to receive their preventive inhaler on a daily basis with their school nurse. And that's the linkage that goes through those three groups. So what about when kids are not in school? How are you, how are you making that connection with their family? Yeah, that's a great question. And so this has been an area that we've been working on before the pandemic, but then of course we confronted it very acutely when schools closed abruptly. So the children that are suffering the most from asthma are the kids who are in the program. And so we were very concerned about that group of children when schools closed and they were no longer receiving their medication with their school nurse. So we, like most people, had to become quite creative and kind of pivot quickly we were not sure whether COVID was going to impact children with asthma severely. We thought it was going to be a major problem. Fortunately, that was not the case, but we didn't know that at the time. And so we, what we did was create something called remote asthma link. And so for the kids that were getting their medication with their school nurse, we set the parents up with a text message reminder on a daily basis that we then shared the responses to the text reminders with the school nurse. So we'd send a message every day in Spanish or English. We'd say, has your child received their daily, you know, inhaler today, whichever it is. And they would send a message back and we'd share that each week with the school nurse. And then the school nurse would do a virtual check-in. And that was what we called remote asthma link, which was sort of a pivot to the remote conditions. And now that schools are back in session, we're thinking about how to use that as an adjunct on things like, like your initial question on school vacation weeks or summers or weekends. And my understanding is that you got a really good, really encouraging response with those text message alerts. Yeah. So in the beta test that we did uh, over the period of the pandemic, we, like I said, this was kind of just an urgent response to the pandemic to make sure these children were not left in the lurch and we were connected to them. But we weren't sure, you know, where families are busy. They were, they had a lot going on. Everyone was stressed out. And would they respond to text messages? Um, Particularly, we did this over a six month period of time during the school year. And we thought, okay, well, maybe we'll get them to respond to the text initially. But we saw that over 80% of the the days that we sent them, a parent responded throughout the six months. So consistently, even across school vacation weeks. Tremendous. So we got really high engagement, which we were actually very pleased and somewhat surprised to see. How do you take those findings and from that research and advance it? Like, what are you doing now? How did, how has the research progressed? Yeah, that's a great question. So we still have uh, the in-person asthma link program that is actively being um, deployed in our local community. And then the actual intervention has been tested right now. We're wrapping up a pilot clinical trial to see, is this improving health outcomes for children against a control group? So in order to really demonstrate that that this is something that we should be making standard of care. And so that's something we've done in local pediatric practices here in Worcester over the last two years. 
Um, and then remote asthma link is also being actively tested in our community as well. And for both of those programs in person and remote asthma link, we've done very rigorous qualitative study of these interventions to really understand on the ground level, how are participants experiencing this? Where are the barriers to implementation so that we can make it function in real world conditions? So maybe it's premature, but are you finding any learnings or getting feedback um, from parents and families about this kind of like using technology, using text messages and other technological remote, you know, uh, tools to um, help improve care and access to care? Is that something that you could see being expanded in the future? Absolutely. Yeah. So that was, I think, one of the really exciting findings from this pilot was that we saw the high level of engagement and really from these interviews, like we did interviews with the families, um, the children and the parents participating and really across the board, people said this was just so accessible. You know, it was so easy. And we asked, you know, did you get sort of alarm fatigue, everyone's swiping on their phones, <laughs> alarms, and they said, no, you know, we were hearing loud and clear that they felt cared for. They felt someone was there for them. And I think having that local connection to the school nurse also really built trust for these families. They, they were feeling really alone, as many were during the pandemic, separated from their medical offices, separated from their schools. But this felt like someone was checking in on them. And so I think that that trust that the community setting instilled in combination with the power of a daily reminder using the tech that everyone's holding in their hand every day was, was very powerful. I should have asked you this earlier, but how many students were involved in this, either the original asthma link or the remote asthma link? Yeah, great question. So the original asthma link, the numbers um, vary from year to year. This has been something like I mentioned has been going on for many years. And, you know, pre-pandemic, we would have between, you know, 80, to 100 children uh, in the program. And then during COVID, of course, their numbers kind of would go down as less and less children were attending school. And we had children in remote asthma link then. I think for the pilot that we tested, uh, we had 21 children initially. We had more sign up that we didn't include in the study. So it ended up being about 35 children overall. And I'd say the percentages there, we had like over 50% that were uh, reporting from Hispanic or Latino backgrounds, which I thought was very, very uh, unique for these kinds of studies. And now asthma link, because we've expanded out from the pilot trial this past school year, if you combine all of the participants, we have over 150 children participating across 50 schools. That's great. And and just to reinforce the point, these are the children who are suffering from the most severe asthma-related symptoms, right? Yes, that's an excellent clarification. These interventions and Asthma Link as a program is really focused on children who have difficult to control asthma, our highest risk children, the ones ending up in our emergency rooms, in our ICUs. This is not for any child with asthma. That would be an inappropriate use of school resources, in my opinion. And so we are very attentive to checking in with school health staff and school administration over what is reasonable and what sort of um, time burden is this on schools. And because of these interviews, we've found that 
They've said it takes less than five minutes. We are so happy to do it. I and mean, overwhelmingly positive because they don't want these children coming to the school health office sick and with asthma attacks. They're seeing the difference. And I don't know if any of the children involved in this research are patients of yours, but when they when these kids are going in for their regular pediatric, you know, checkups, what are the dif- what what's the difference that you're seeing in terms of their symptoms and their family's, you know, management of the condition? That's the most fun part. That's what inspired me to do this was, you know, initially the frustration over feeling like we didn't have solutions for the challenge of taking a daily inhaler. We know families are strapped, right? They're busy. They're working multiple jobs or, you know, there's not a person at home in the evening to supervise that nightly inhaler use. They just forget, you know, I mean, I'm a parent. It's really hard to remember. And that extra support, you see the sort of ease that families experience once you take that off of their shoulders. And for me, seeing the the change in symptoms and the dramatic improvements in the asthma burden on these families, that's what drove me to want to bring this work out to more children and families. That That's what it's all about. And I see it still to this day. I mean, I just had a family who they have been struggling and has been, you know, unfortunately been in the ICU multiple times until they started to get their medication with their school. And over the last six months where we've had a very heavy viral season in pediatrics, this child has been participating in sports for the first time, not missing school, not in the hospital in six months, which was in a, a dramatic improvement from before. So it's it's making an impact that we see anecdotally, but I think as a researcher, I love to see both the anecdotes and the, the power of the yeah. data as well. Absolutely. Well, congratulations. I mean, that's so great just to empower families to feel like they're more in control of their health. And I know that partnership with the Worcester Public Schools has really been game changing. So that's great. Yeah, we we have so much to thank them for and their participation has been instrumental. And they are, in my opinion, school nurses are the unsung heroes of asthma care and deserve uh, much more credit than they receive. (laughs) Dr. Trivedi, thank you so much for making time to explain this work to us. It's really important. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And we hope you'll keep us posted on your research. For our listeners, we will have all the details about the Asthma Link studies in our podcast show notes. If you like the Voices of UMass Chan podcast, please subscribe and give us a review. It helps other people find us. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Jennifer Berryman, and we'll see you next time. Follow us at UMass Chan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. On YouTube, find us at UMass Chan Medical School.